Hey, we're back already. It's the Shellheads podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Sergio. Uh, with me is Jeff, as always, uh, the other host. And um, we were not expecting to record this week. Now, were we? We were not. No, 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 no. We, we, had, we, had, we usually have a two-week you know, lead time between episodes. It's no big deal. But there was a giant announcement made just last week that kind of changes our entire schedule for the for for this month so we figured let's knock out this uh character spotlight because they're very easy to knock out pretty quickly that way we can get episode 90 under our belts so we can get to the bigger episode at episode 91 but we will get to what that is when we get to news to take a breath so jeff how's your week been bud that's been pretty good pretty good uh good productive uh, catching up on stuff, uh, eagerly anticipating what's coming tomorrow on the 16th. No spoilers, bro. I didn't say anything. I said, I just said, you said a date. Okay. All right. All right. Well, well, before one of us like lets it slip, we, we need to go ahead and get through these segments. So what is, what is our first segment? It's time to see what's in your box. Word. Yes, it is. Um, and even though it's only been a week since we talked, uh, I, I do have one thing that I actually got in the mail and one thing that I just want to talk about. OK, uh, the first let's talk about the thing I got in the mail, which is a like a really obscure thing that I've been looking for for quite a while. Uh, you know how I've been collecting magazines that the Turtles have been in through the years. Oh, yeah. Like the official Turtles magazines. Well, no, I already have – I believe I have all those now. Uh, I mean just like if the Turtles are on the cover of, say, TV Guide. Or Nintendo Power Game Or Pro Nintendo Power. Like or yeah, 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 that kind of stuff. Entertainment Weekly. You know, it, it, I've been slowly gathering all these these magazines. Well, th- th- this I, – I was told that I need to pick up a copy of the Comics Journal – from I believe 1998. Is that the year on this thing? It's number number 202 from March of 1998. And technically the turtles are not in it, but the magazine, the almost the entire magazine is dedicated to a very lengthy interview with Kevin Eastman. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, and to, to to put this in context. The interview was conducted at like at kind of at a low point in his career, right? The turtles were on the downswing. He had not sold his his share of the turtles to to Peter Laird yet, so he still owned his you know his chunk, but he had a colossal failure in the launch of uh, Tundra P- Publishing. Mm. Just. I, I guess I was just not aware of how colossal the failure was. Mm-hmm. This this article slash interview goes into remarkable depth to explain why this was such a catastrophe for him, for anyone connected to Tundra, and how the, the, this is this is the headline from the cover. Are you ready? Yeah. Kevin Eastman comes clean. Turtles, Tundra, big numbers, Q 
kitchen sink and how to lose $14 million. Holy crap. Yeah. And mind you, this is this is what comes from the interview with him. So it's not like they did this investigative journalism to be like, oh, we caught him losing $14 million. No, this is him in his own words. Wow. Yeah. And it it is a substantial interview. I thought it was going to be – you know how most – Articles in a in a magazine are like three, four, five pages, seven if you're, you know, a, a, a real big deal. Yeah. This is the majority of the book. It is a 50 page interview. Whoa, that's huge. Yeah, it's a 50 page interview with Kevin Eastman. I don't think they cut anything out of it. They, they talk about uh, the origins of the turtles. They talk about the uh, apartments that him and uh, uh Peter Laird lived in 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 and around the Northampton area like it goes deep and I've been looking for a copy of this thing for about a year and it finally popped up on my comic shop so I I immediately sniped it and it's it's a fascinating read I'm only about five pages into the interview and I'm already like oh this is this is we could do an entire episode of shellheads on this this interview it it is so in-depth wow yeah. We so. call it the scandal episode? Yeah, yeah. What happened to Kevin Eastman? <laughs> He's still just, here. Just 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 call it just call it I told you Kevin Eastman was bad with money. That's that's the name of the episode. <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm sure we have, you know, some hate out there. We don't need to pile the you know, extra fuel on the fire. Look, look, I can say that and still love the man. Well, that is true. You know, like this, this isn't me, you know, poo-pooing him artistically or, 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 you know, anything. He's literally one of my heroes who created the thing that I'm most into on this planet, other than, of course, my family. Like, I don't have any hate in my heart for him, but homie's bad with money. That's just a fact. <laughs> so your family comes second to Ninja Turtles? No. No. That's basically what you sure? That's not you, what I said. That's not more what I Ninja said. Turtles stuff than to the family. Well, I can't just keep having kids every time I get an action figure. That's unreasonable. So yeah, yeah. As I said, it's the Comics Journal issue two hundred two or number two hundred two from March of ninety eight, and it's it's not a thing that pops up on the line that often at a reasonable price. So if you can get your hands on it, do it. It's real cool. Okay, cool. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, I've, I've had it a while, but I, I wanted to talk about Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Okay. I finally started playing it, and y- you know I'm pretty familiar with Smash Brothers. Yeah. You know, I'd like I have a main. I, I I'm not fantastic at it, but you know. Who's your main? Uh, I have two of them actually. It's We Fit Trainer mm-hmm. and Mario. Okay. Or specifically Dr. Mario. But that's not what this podcast is about. Right. I started playing it just to, to see what it was and how close it, how close of an analog it is to to Nickelodeon or, or to, to Smash Brothers. And they really do capture the feel of the chaos of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's not perfect. It's it's I but it's good. Which is which is better than I expected it to be. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the, there are some really 
puzzling character choices in it. Okay. You know, like Oblina. Like why why is Oblina in this game? Yeah, I thought that was a, an odd choice instead of some of the other real monsters. And it has well, it's a big update patch too because now it has voice acting. Yes, it does have. It has a lot of voice acting actually. Yeah. It's it's all over the place in there. I I actually jumped online and played a couple matches and it's definitely a game that you can get obnoxiously good at. Like so so much so that I almost got perfected. Perfected? Is that a thing? No. But you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 Uh, my my biggest complaint is Michelangelo because I just do not like the way he plays. I hate when you hit the attack button, he does like his nunchuck spin. I was like, I want to just like in Smash Up, I want to hit somebody with my nunchuck. Stop doing a freaking wheel thing. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate playing as him. And I should not feel that way. Like I had no trouble using either of the turtles. Yeah, I mean, Leo, I played better with Leo. I just don't like how Michelangelo plays. Yeah. Again, I, I, that, the, honestly, the only thing about the, the game that is so bothersome that I don't want to really play it anymore is the fact that you can't map jump to the up button. Can you not? No. I, I looked in every menu. I looked in, like, every... Even in the, the the area where you can specifically change what the buttons do, you can't remap jump to the up button. That's dumb. Yeah, and and that's how I play Smash. Up is jump. Hmm. And it, w- when you've spent what almost like twenty years playing Smash Brothers with up being jump, it's very hard to switch to an, a button being jump. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much I'm going to be playing of this for that specific reason. It's, I just keep dying deaths that should not happen because I just can't adapt. It's like, you know, anything else for me, like any other game, not being able to, you know, map your controls or having the B button, anything else but the B button be jump, like on, say, like Switch or whatever, because I'm all I'm used to that, like attack, Y, whatever. That just it it's a that's a fluid motion for me. So I get ex- I know how you feel. Yeah. <sighs> well, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but, but yeah, it's it's a good time. It's 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 a and and even like the menu structure is so similar to Smash Brothers that yeah. I found myself trying to surf through the menus using the the switch button. You, you know yeah. how on Switch. Everything is like the, like the A is on the far right. Mm-hmm. But when you try to go through menus on the PlayStation, it's the X on the bottom. Yeah. So I was finding myself using the Switch button layout, even though I wasn't playing Switch, because the menus were so similar to Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. It, that just means it, I had to, you know, retrain my brain there, too. So yeah. it, if you... It's 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 a game that has a really weird target audience, and if you're into Smash Brothers, this one, and you don't use the up button for jump, you can probably get some fun out of this. Uh, but I wouldn't say I I wouldn't expect there to be some sort of crazy underground like fight club, all all star brawl league or anything. Yeah, it's it's not that good. Yeah. 
So I guess enjoy it. Also, also I posted this on our on our uh, Instagram, but I, I guess I had forgotten or I just was just didn't realize that the alt like the like the alt costumes for the turtles are based on the comic. Yeah. Those are cool. It annoys me that their bandanas aren't red, but that would they shouldn't cool. be red. Yeah, they, they shouldn't be red. They're that black would, and white. It's a it's a black and white comic. Yeah, no, but that's a nice kind of style touch. Well, well, you know, it's I, I again, this is something I might have already known. I might we might have talked about it on this show. I don't I remember we, talking about it. I believe we did. Yes. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess it just didn't stick in my long term memory. Yeah. Uh, but that's what's in Sergio's box. Is there anything in Jeff's box or are we jumping directly into news? I mean, mm-hmm. the next segment. <laughs> uh, 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 damn, sorry. No, so, I did not get any Ninja Turtle stuff in the mail uh, this week. Um, you know, I don't get a whole lot of stuff, but, uh, you know, I expect something in maybe late July, early August. Oh, hmm. What could that be? Mm. Man, if only we had a segment to talk about that. And now it's time for that news. Ah. <laughs> that one had a little David Lee Roth in it. It did. Yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's news time, Jeff, and it's been it's 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 only been one week, but we still have a nice uh, nice little news pack here. We do, and like right after we recorded, literally our, our last episode, literally two days after, more news popped up. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like not only did we we record our episode, we then recorded a pickup to throw into the episode, and then there was more news right after that. <laughs> We forgot to do a pickup on the pickup. I will. The episode was published at that point. It was done. Yeah. Uh, do the big stuff. What's the what is the big announcement? The big stuff. Is that Shredder's Revenge is coming out June 16th on digital platforms. Uh, that's Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox. One Xbox one. That is correct. And PC. Yes, it's it's coming to all those. For those of you keeping score, that's tomorrow. Uh, this episode won't hit today, but yeah, by the time you hear this, you can buy the game digitally. Yeah, which is is fast. It's fast, like fantastic news. Yeah, and I've seen it kind of discounted. I don't know if that will continue once it's like you know, on release date, but like, say for example, on Nintendo switch, if you've got a bunch of gold coins built up, you can use that to get, uh, get some money off of your digital purchase, which I did. Yeah. There's that. There's that. Yeah. Uh, now uh, notice we said Xbox one, PlayStation four and switch. Uh, we did not say play PlayStation five or Xbox series X. Yeah. As of, uh, right, 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 right. But keep in mind that both of those platforms are backwards compatible, so you can still buy them on your – like if you have a shiny new PlayStation 5, you can still buy Shredder's Revenge and play it on the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I didn't want there to be any confusion there. Yes, we don't want to confuse the people. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that news, uh, Limited Run also came out and, and, and launched their pre-orders. Yeah, they are live now. You have until July 24th to lock in your pre-orders um, for Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. That's standard collectors and radical edition which is what we're calling the fat boy yeah yeah don't uh, i'm just gonna come out and say it right now don't buy that edition don't do it i'm i'm going to don't 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 buy that it's 200 dollars, man don't don't buy that grown a man i'm gonna buy that big fat boy like they're gonna nickel and dime you with all these useless little trinkets that don't actually add up to the 200 dollars. i'm telling you don't 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 do it. I don't care. It goes with my Calabunga collection. It's the like, that's coming. If, 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 if you want something nice at a reasonable price, get the, get the, what's this, what's the second level? The, the, the mid tier? Uh, it's the, uh, it's 60, like $64. Yeah. What's it called? It is the, it's the classic edition. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it comes in that, 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 uh, VHS box and it also has a as a a steel book so you know it, 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 you feel a little fancy without having a a whole trunks full of useless stuff yeah uh, you can buy whatever you you guys want uh to enjoy this whole limited run thing frustrates like the shell out of me because i don't want to pay for this game twice Period. I don't want to. I, I don't want to pay for any game twice unless, unless I'm getting one of those copies for like two dollars, five dollars. So the idea that this isn't going to ship until what? When when they say it was going to ship? Late late July, early August. Right. Late by late July, early August, I will have finished this game and it's in the rear view. I'm probably never going to touch it again. Right. Which is technically a pretty quick turnover for a pre-order for them because like, you know, it takes time for the stuff to get made. And like, in some cases, some of the games were done, but they were just stuck in port for months. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if I'm not, I'm not dragging their, their release like process. Like if that's how they got to do it, that's how they got to do it. I'm just saying this breaks my gaming habits in half and I don't want it. I get it because you want it day one. I want it day one. Day one. And like you know? I would, I would walk to not walk. I would walk into a Walmart and uh, just buy the game if it was at Walmart. And, you know, if I wanted a physical copy. But now I've got to find a way to play it, and also buy it on this limited run, so I'll have the physical copy. Which is brings me to my next kind of addendum to this news is that shredder's revenge will not only be available for purchase tomorrow but it's also going to be on game pass yeah uh and uh, if you aren't aware of what game pass is it is uh what is simply called the netflix of video games uh on on xbox you give uh microsoft i think it's 15 bucks a month and you have access to hundreds of video games uh, that rotate in and out, 
you know, they'll, you know, some games will be available for, you know, a couple of years or, you know, five months or uh, on release date. Uh, the, 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 their game passes, game passes biggest claim to fame is that all Microsoft published games are available day one on game pass at no extra charge. So if you just pay your 15 bucks, you get access to the brand new games. That's not bad. So what I'm, so what I'm going to do is just subscribe to game pass for one month at least one month, get access to Shredder's Revenge and a couple other games uh, on Game Pass that I've been wanting to play, just haven't been able to buy yet. Uh, and then I'll feel like I wasn't coerced into buying this game twice. Yeah, but you're, but if you get a, a physical copy that you're not going to open and you don't have access to it... Well, I'm not going to... I'm not a guy who goes back to games, Jeff. Oh, you're one of one of, the, one of those people, okay. Well, I have, I literally have a library of like 150 games I haven't even touched. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go backwards and play games that I have completed. I do that all the time. Yeah, nah. Mm-mm. It's in the rearview mirror. I've, I, I rendered my judgment on it. I'm moving on. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I do not function that way. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go play Super Mario World. Boom. I'm going to go play it. I'm going to play Mario Kart, Turtles in Time whatever i'm gonna go do it well yeah like like the retro stuff i i get it so shredder's revenge coming to uh game pass i am thrilled i think i can get my first month of game pass for like a dollar which makes the deal even sweeter so i'm i'm pleased uh unfortunately that doesn't mean that that means i won't be playing online with you jeff but me and you were kind of working on a way to to possibly get together and play some of this um maybe even stream it i don't want to promise anything that it can't be uh, delivered, so I'm not going to commit to anything right now, but I mean, we'll see. There's, there's probably a, a, a Pizza Shack pizza in it for you if you can. <laughs> Just saying. You don't have I'm to s- dangle pizza in front of me to get me to do I, this. Dangling delicious pizza in front of you know. Um, let's jump to the next chunk of, of Shredder's Revenge news. Well, once again... Sergio, um, this is kind of a shock. Uh, Raekwon and Ghostface Killer have have proven again that that Wu Tang is for the children. Uh, they're doing a new <laughs> <laughs> song for Shredder's Revenge. This is the weirdest news, but I I guess I get it. You know, I mean Wu Tang makes some some weird music. You know. I, I didn't see this coming, but again, rap and, and hip hop, you know, kind of go hand in hand with turtles. Um, as they does it? A, does it? A, well, I mean, okay, at least at least hip hop. Like, because are is this something we can blame on uh, Vanilla Ice? Uh, well, no. I mean, it goes back to the first movie. That, well, I guess that then we can blame it on MC Hammer. No, MC Hammer didn't do. That's uh, this is T U R T L T Power. Who who did? I swear that I thought that was MC Hammer. I'm I'm going crazy, Jeff. That would be Partners in Crime. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now you weren't off. This is what we do. Was also. In that film. And that is MC Hammer. And that is MC Hammer. See? See? I'm not crazy. I'm not. 
Yeah, yeah. Like I, I knew that he did something in that first movie. So I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I just never have thought, hey, Ninja Turtles, rap music. So there we go. Raekwon and Ghostface Killer. <laughs> For the children. Yeah. For the children. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. Um It's a pretty interesting song. I haven't heard it yet. Yeah. Speaking of music from Shredder's Revenge, can't we? Uh, isn't there a way to buy that now? The the you talk about the uh, record soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, did you, you not can, have that lift you... listed as a piece of, of of news? I did. Okay, yeah. Well, that was my segue. As as yeah. haphazard as it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's also up for pre-order on Limited Run's website while supplies last. It's it's really odd to me that Limited Run has some of those because what Limited Run has is the regular version. Yeah, and then there's like a limited edition, like Green Ooze colored version. Um, yeah. You can buy that on elsewhere. Kid Katana Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know where Kid Katana Records is out of, but it, it it's fifty nine. Is this euros? I don't know what this is. It's it's um, it's not dollar bills. No, it is not. Um, I know I I know I pre ordered my copy, and whatever that is comes out to. Okay, that doesn't tell me at all. I don't. Oh, it's euros. Yeah, yeah. It ends up with shipping. It ends up being eighty four. 8450 in euros. Oof. But what's the exchange rate on that? Mm, let's see. Euros to dollars. That's oh, it's actually more. It's 87.79 in US dollars. Yep. Yeah. I don't need the green one that bad. Oh, but that's cuz you're spending all of your money buying that like that giant suitcase full of crap for the limited run i'll take that (laughs) i'll take that one instead now i no look i really don't get like a lot of collector's editions i got the one for samurai jack because i'm a huge samurai jack fan I, i had to have it um and 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 for this it you know i just i have to go all in because turtles I mean, like, you got... I, I'm kind of on the same page, except this is egregious. Two hundred dollars for a what a thirty dollar game is like that's too much. I mean, it is a little crazy, but you're paying for all the extra stuff, basically. So. It's it's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess go. You can get that on KidKatana.com. Uh, that's the um, the limited edition green run it's got a different cover uh or as jeff said you can get it on uh limitedrun.com the regular version might even end up in stores like you might be able to find it in record stores yeah who knows uh the limited run version is 39.99 yep 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 uh let's see what's next we have one more piece of news don't we real tiny um yeah um so if you guys remember uh, the the online game Smite that had uh, the addition of the Turtles, 
um, was announced that Slash is coming to Smite. Yippee. Like, of all characters, I, I think that Slash is a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, we had, we had uh, my buddy Reed uh, on, this, on the show back when uh, the Turtles first came out, and he, and he did a good job of explaining exactly what Smite is and how the Turtles grafted onto its, you know, its format. Mm-hmm. I don't it sounds it sounds like Slash is just going to be basically a skin for another character, just like the Turtles it act, were. It's actually funny that you mentioned that because the official listing says you can get this radical new skin from the Cowbunga <laughs> chest available <laughs> June 14th. Hey, that was yesterday. Yeah. So Smite players, go grab your Slash. Well, I that does it for news. Yeah, yeah, a nice little thirty-minute yeah. chunk of news. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess let's take a quick break, and we'll return with our character spotlight. <laughs> and we're back. So uh, now that we're past those those opening segments, let's get to let's get to the the meat of the episode. Um, with this being episode ninety, we. You know, we have to do a, a character spotlight, and one character we've never done a spotlight on is Usagi, or Miyamoto Usagi. Is that how you say it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or as as most people know him, uh, Usagi Yojimbo, which, like, we need to address up front, like, the, the, the weird naming behind this character, right? So, mm-hmm. obviously, Usagi Yojimbo is a comic that is written by Stan Sakai. Mm-hmm. It's an independent comic that's ran for freaking ever. Uh, it's it's one of the most uh, notable indie comics out there. It is uh, widely seen as one of the best, uh, especially since it's never it, like it hasn't been bought by DC or Marvel or any, it, it, it's remains it's remained in Stan Sakai's hands ever since it was you know started. The character. In Usagi Yojimbo is Miyamoto Usagi. However, when he initially crossed over uh, into the Turtles lore in uh, the 87 cartoon, he was referred to as Usagi Yojimbo. I don't know why. I don't think it's ever explained why. Mm -hmm. But that led to his action figure being named Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah. And as a kid, I thought that was his name. What about you? I mean, having not discovered, you know, the comics until I was much older, you know, and I I have that same action figure. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's Samurai Rabbit. I'll buy that. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, and uh, yeah, I I thought the same. But, of course, now all that's out in the air. We all know, you know, as the you know both names yeah yeah and uh, what is the what is the translation for yojimbo like that's a like a bodyguard yes yeah rabbit rabbit bodyguard rabbit bodyguard uh it's so so this guy's last name is bodyguard <laughs> uh so yeah the the character of usagi is is kind of lived a second life in turtles lore for 
a very long time. He, he's uh, showed up in Turtle stories as recently as I believe 2007 or 2017. If you yeah, if you count the the um, 2012 series, no. If you count the IDW appearance, oh, mm-hmm. uh, ooh, that ooh, that was a I would say that was a spoiler because I did not know he showed up. But again, I'm way behind on the freaking. No, 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 no. He he doesn't show up in the canon. The 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 the, the last story that you read in that 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 uh that collection is the story that was published by IDW. Oh, okay. Now I'm with you. Yeah, it the the Namazu uh, or the Big Fish story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was published in 2017. So that's let's see, 80, 88 to it's nearly 30 years of that character dipping in and out of Turtles uh, lore, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Especially considering, technically, he has nothing to do with the Turtles. Yeah. Uh, what was your first? So, so I'm assuming your first experience with him was the original cartoon is that correct yes and and the action figure yeah and that's about my the extent of that yeah uh and i went back and watched we, we've already watched both of those episodes uh in the original cartoon of, you know for this show but i watched him watched him again just so i could have a better understanding of the character and watching them back as just usagi episodes it really doesn't explain much of anything about the character. Those two episodes don't explain anything about the character. Yeah. He just kind of gets, you know, teleported into New York. He then is a fish out of water for two episodes and he's then stranded in New York. Yeah. That's it. It's, and they never run into him again. Cause that would cost extra. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a real unfinished story that, Almost feels like a a missed opportunity. Yeah, but I get it. It it yeah, it does cost extra money. And now that people know what the character is, he probably cost even more money. But the only reason they know what the character is is because of the episodes he was in. It's, it's like a snake eating its tail thing. Yeah. Uh, but the, the his his appearance in those two episodes was memorable enough uh, for. You know, lay people like us and people who aren't deep into independent comics in the 80s, we knew who he was. Every kid in the 80s knew who he was or and even in the early 90s. And they just thought he was a Turtles character. Yeah. It, it wasn't until much later that that I learned it, that, you know, he has his own comic series and it has nothing to do with the Turtles. And that's you know, that that's that's really cool. Um, now, it, it, around that time. He not only was in the cartoon, but he was also in like crossovers with the Turtles Mm -hmm. Uh, in September of 1987. He was in a story called Turtle Soup and Rabbit Stew. It was let's see, what book was that included? It was included in the Turtle Soup Volume One, Number One. Which is a collection of some turtle stories and some not turtle stories that was published by Mirage uh, as kind of kind of a catch all for little short stories. Mm-hmm. I'm sure eventually we'll get to it, you know, uh, w- but we're not even close to getting to, you know, turtle soup stuff yet. Uh, 
the synopsis on this is uh, Leonardo fall. Oh, where to go? Leonardo falls through a portal, crossing time and space, before popping up in the world of Miyamoto Usagi. He assumes uh, it has something to do with the after effects of meeting Renette in issue eight, and soon encounters a group of aggressive samurai. Nearby, Usagi gets into a fight with a bunch of ninja. After defeating their respective enemies, Leonardo and Usagi are just about to attack each other when Leo disappears and comes back into April's apartment. So it's it's kind of a crossover, but they don't really interact at all. It's it's just kind of them both appearing in the same story. So that's cool. Uh, and this this is Leonardo going to Usagi's world, not Usagi coming here. Uh, you did read this one. Uh, how did how what'd you think of it? I enjoyed it, you know, going into not having read these um, and then like, you know, I haven't read the the Usagi comics in quite some time. So it's been quite a long time. Um, and like the story, I was like, hey, this looks very familiar to me. I was like, well, because we you know, just watched the uh, the 2K3 episodes with uh, the two part. Usagi team up with the turtles. Mm-hmm. So I can see where they weaved in a lot of these elements into those. Uh, well, not only just those two segments, but some of the, you know, the, the stuff um, like the characters being displaced and going different places. So yeah. I wonder if that kind of had an effect on the overall story. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. I was like, what is what is happening? Why why is Leonardo going in and out of you know this universe? And it's like it just made me kind of get like hooked on what was going on. And you know, I love these just nice splash splash pages with um, you know fights and stuff. And you can see one of the ninjas <laughs> looks like he's got he, <laughs> Ninja Cassie got stabbed. There's <laughs> like a blood squirting out. And I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> um, and then just like uh, Leo and Usagi meeting uh, for the first time, and there's always there's always that little dinosaur. Um, always the I think that's a Usagi Ojimbo thing. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it is. He's in uh, everything. It was even in uh, appearances uh, in the uh, the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, predominantly the 2012 uh, appearance. But, but we'll, we'll get we'll, to that. Yeah, in, we'll get in, to in that. due time. In due time. Um, then, in 1988, Usagi then uh, appears in, or I'm sorry, there's another crossover in the pages of number 10, or Usagi Ujimbo number 10. Leonardo comes over and they meet again. And then it's synopsis on that is, an older Usagi sees two children playing with the impression that samurai are arrogant. He tells a story uh, to to them about his younger days he walks he walked by a river and saw a cloaked priest sleeping nearby so he takes the priest's bow and arrow and woke him up with the demand to be carried across the river halfway across the priest dove down leaving usagi to swim to shore by himself the priest soon arose from the water to reveal himself as leonardo usagi recognizes him from their earlier meeting and they fought for a long time uh, until usagi slipped uh, in the mud and leo got the clear advantage as a turtle of honor leo let usagi live they shook hands and became friends he finishes by telling the children that it is a good thing to treat others with respect and this is the 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 first real 
encounter. The other was kind of a teaser. This is this is like the real thing. And this is very much a Leonardo story in my mind. What'd you think? I really enjoyed this. Uh is well. I love I love and this is all Peter Laird's art. Yeah, this this uh, is the script and and pencils all by Peter Laird. Yeah, like at first you don't know until, you know, uh like Usagi's like going to play a joke and then like, "Oh, that's uh, that's Leo." And it's I love I absolutely love this fight. And again, this this gets all of this kind of gets mirrored in other stuff, and we'll get to that in a minute, in, in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I loved this one. I just absolutely loved it. Just all the different, you know. I I never get tired of seeing Leo and Usagi fight, <laughs> but whether it be you don't know who I am, or you know, uh, let's just go ahead and spar. And uh, it's just a, a nice little short story with it with a nice moral lesson at the end yeah yeah it's 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 nice it's nice like an afternoon special yeah uh now the synopsis for this next one is rather long but in uh 1989 the uh boys over at mirage were again printing books that had a bunch of short stories in them one of them uh is the shell shock book shell shock book has a bunch of short of short stories in it, and one of them stars Usagi Ojimbo, and it is by Stan Sakai, uh, both written and uh, and drawn by him. It's ten pages long, so it's pretty beefy considering it's uh, included in a collection. Uh, but this one pits Leonardo and Usagi against uh, a horde of Nico Ninja, and uh, again the synopsis is real long in this one. I'm not going to read it, but this one has a bit more meat to it than the previous stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're starting to see a th- uh, starting to see a theme uh, pop up here is in that it's not the full turtles crew hanging out with Usagi. It is mainly Leonardo. Yeah. You know, uh, and I guess that makes sense. You know, he, they, they tend to befriend each other every single time there's a crossover mm-hmm. that they are both uh, creatures of honor and, and, and and they were and and respect, so it, it only makes sense. I don't see Usagi Ojimbo having, or I'm sorry, Miyamoto Usagi having the patience to deal with a, a Michelangelo. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, but that is three years in a row: eighty-seven, eighty-eight, and eighty-nine, where there was a a comic book crossover. And all of this was around the time he or 89 was the year he was in the cartoon. Because it was in season three. Yeah. 89, 90. So after this third comic book crossover, we don't see another one for a, for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not until 90, 1992 that Mirage actually takes over the publishing duties of Usagi Yojimbo. Now that does now they don't own the character. They're just publishing Stan Sakai's comics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they did an entire run. It's it's referred to as Usagi Yojimbo Volume Two, mm-hmm. and it opens up uh, issues one through three are a crossover with the Ninja Turtles. It's called. Uh, it's a story called Shades of Green. 
Which is very aptly named. Yes. So, let's see. While wandering about, Usagi and his friend Genosuke? You got, you nailed it. Yes. Haha. <laughs> Inadvertently stumble into an area currently uh, under tight control of the Nico Ninja. Neko? Nico? Let's say Nico. Uh, who attack the two time tra- the two travelers immediately? Outnumbered, Usagi and Gen jump from a cliff uh, causeway into the river below and are washed up near a village, where they're found by the uh, village's wise man rat and mystic named Kakara. That seems right. Uh, who declares that their coming here was ordained by fate? Their task is to protect the village from the predation preded preded. Of the Nico Ninja, whatever, uh, who seek to capture Kakara and use his powers to re-strengthen the Neko clan. When other samurai and mercenaries lured towards the village end up killed by the ninja, Kakara decides to summon ninja for help. Using four baby turtles, he conducts a mystic ceremony which brings the ninja turtles from the world from their world into this one. Uh, first confusions are quickly settled by Leonardo's uh, acquaintance with his brothers. Or his acquaints his brothers with Usagi, uh, whom he's met before in the previous stories that we just talked about. Soon after, the Nico Ninja uh, commence their attack, and despite Usagi, the Turtles, and uh, Jin's stout resistance, manage to capture uh, Kakara, critically wounding Leo in the process. Despite his injuries, uh, Leo leads the others to the temporary base of the Ninja, having followed one of their scouts just before the battle. when they were set upon uh, by the where they were set doesn't matter during the fight usagi managed to slip away and track a group of neko ninja attempting to spirit kakara away he engages by escort therefore inadvertently saving the life of the neko ninja clan's uh, leader chizu who is caught in a power struggle against her underling gunji gunji you know what basically by the end of this usagi had saved kakara and the leader of the Nico Ninja had no reason to fight him. She kisses him, and they part ways. Yeah. Which is kind of baller. It is kind of baller. It's like, hey, you win this one. Kiss. Catch you on the flip side, homie. Like, it was real, real cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, this story was written by Stan Sakai. And it was the opening arc of volume two of Usagi Ojimbo. And if I'm going to say something bold, I feel like this is the definitive crossover between these characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it it uses a, a very specific uh, tactic to get the turtles into Usagi world. Mm-hmm. And that same tactic is then used later in the cart in, in, in one of the cartoons. Mm-hmm. And the story ends up being not identical, but similar to it. So I really, this so far is the best one in my mind. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Uh, a great deal. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Stan Sakai's art. It's, it's a bit too cartoony for me. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I understand that that is a style that, you know, people enjoy. Mm-hmm. I I just I'm not I'm not huge into it. And uh, apparently that's an art style that 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 uh, Peter Laird really likes. Mm-hmm. 
uh, because the collection that IDW published that has all of these books in it uh, has like a two-page like forward before it that explains his relationship with Stan Sakai and how these all these crossovers came about and and how he admires uh, how he draws the turtles and how he draws Usagi and it's 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 a nice little touching almost tribute to a friend. Oh yeah, and you know they it's they've been friends for you know whoever knows how long you know since the 80s so like you know all the independent guys you know they just kind of you know i don't say hang out you know <laughs> but like they're like oh hey i like your stuff oh hey i like your stuff you know like what are you into blah blah blah, blah, blah you know um and it's it's so fascinating and interesting that name name five comics that are done and like stories written and drawn by the creator since their inception there aren't that many yeah so you know this is this is extremely commendable yeah yeah. um and it let's see this was 1992 when 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 that book came out there was no sign of usagi being in anything other than his own book for a, a long time after that yeah, I mean, he got a he got a spinoff, uh, which was Space Usagi, um, which was supposed to be or which was uh, Mimoto Usagi 2, which he was a descendant uh, named after Usagi, which is kind of reminiscent of the Netflix animated series, uh-huh. um, which we'll get to that, too. <laughs> yeah. And but did you know that there was also a failed pitch pilot for a Space Usagi cartoon? I yeah I, I I I knew that I wish that pilot was available online. Are 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 you aware of any way to watch that? Uh, it's only like about three minutes and forty one seconds long as as far as I've been able to find. Um, mm. but yes, you can find it. Uh, I actually do have it pulled up. Oh, cool. Yeah, shoot that my way because I've never seen it and that's kind of cool. It looks like it. I mean, of course, I need to get more information about it, but I. I want to say it was a Murakami Wolf and Swinson. It looked like it was. That would make sense. Um, but I, I, I don't know what article I was reading, but they had mentioned that one of the reasons it was not picked up is because of the failure of Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, and that's a shame because that was a fun series. Yeah. And it's just weird. It's like, sorry, sorry. Obviously, animal, anthropomorphic rabbits don't work because of this guy. Sorry, Usagi, you don't get a TV show now. Yeah, that's dumb because it could have, like, come on after the Ninja Turtles, but they had been off the air and, and, you know, for at least a year after this was being developed, I believe. Yeah. yeah it's 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 like just, – just imagine a, a future where we got a full-on Usagi cartoon – like during the fifth year of the Ninja Turtles. God, that would have been great. That that would have been cool. That would have been real yeah. cool. And one thing, you know, like why you haven't seen like just like a total. I mean, there's there's merchandise and stuff like that, but like a I want to say like a complete and just utter commercial commercialization of this stuff is because Stan Sakai has final say on everything. Yes, he does. And I love that. And that's why you don't get, you know, garbage. But at the same time, that's why you don't get a lot of the stuff that you do want, you know, like, 
we're not even getting like a an Usagi pop figure, you know, like like well, the, just the the staples of pop culture that you would expect. Like there's not Usagi Ojimbo t-shirts at Hot Topic. Yeah, but you can get them on his website. Okay. Yeah, there's tons of great merch at his official uh, website. But uh, that leads me to my next uh, point. We we do have the the new NECA uh, cartoon figure that is should be circulating now. Yeah, yeah, it's it should be hitting stores very very shortly, if not already. Uh, I need to stop by Target and and, and try to track it down. Uh, it looks really good. Yeah, even comes uh, with a green dinosaur. I've, I've it comes with a green dinosaur. Yeah, fantastic. That's oh, that warms that warms my heart, Jeff. Yeah, uh, I've heard that his uh, that his belt uh, leaves some uh, some some to the ma- the imagination. Like it's it's basically just a rubber band around his belt, his waist. Yeah, uh, I'll have to see it in person. I don't know. I'm I'm speaking third second or third hand here, um, but at first glance, it's a beautiful looking figure. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, the next. The, oh. the next appearance of uh, the character wouldn't happen until t- 2003 or four somewhere on there uh, when he was in the two, the 2K3 cartoon. Mm-hmm. And he was in several episodes of that. Yeah. Uh, we first see him in the the Battle Nexus, which makes sense because the Battle Nexus is, is, you know, creatures and characters from across dimensions coming to, you know, f- fight arena style to prove who's the best, you know, best combatant. So it, it makes sense for Usagi to be there, right? Yeah. Uh, he then shows up in the, the episodes that we just watched last episode of Shellheads. Uh, and he shows up for Casey and April's wedding at the end of uh, 2K3. Yeah. And, and he was, oh, he was also at their, at their Christmas party mm-hmm. in, in the Christmas episode. So he's, he was kind of a, a pretty significant secondary character. Not a secondary yeah. character. I would, I would say tertiary character in uh, 2K3, which is cool. And, of course, that series was very much the brainchild of uh, Peter Laird. So it makes sense for him to include his buddy's character in it as much as possible. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it was real. I remember uh, seeing that episode for the first time when it aired, and I was like, "Holy cow, that's Samurai Rabbit!" I'm like, "Wait, who is that?" Oh, it's Usagi. Because like you know, you go so long not even uh, you know, because I didn't frequent comic shops a whole lot and stuff, so I didn't know a whole lot about the character, and I was like, "Ooh, but wait, I had my toy." So you know, I, I <laughs> drew that comparison. So he has had a toy every time he's shown up in every turtle, um iteration yes he yeah yeah he has which is which is really cool and i yeah. have all three of them I, I i made sure to buy them because it's such an interesting licensing needle that or that has been threaded for them to even exist yeah so it's cool yeah. i like it i do have a correction to make the the little green dinosaurs their names they are tokage tokage yeah or spot which was uh, Usagi's uh, former pet. So uh, he comes with Spot. Oh, okay. That's not really – okay, all right, not really a correction. You never said his name. Yeah. Uh, after 2K3, we don't see him again 
until 2K12. So mm-hmm. the, the Nickelodeon show. And he was kind of slipped in last minute in that in that show. Yeah, it was it, it wasn't until the very last season, season five of of the uh, the Nickelodeon show. And, and now at this point, keep in mind, this is af- after Peter Laird sold the turtles to Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. So Nickelodeon has zero connection to Stan Sakai. Yeah, they obviously the creators felt it was important enough to to include an Usagi arc that they reached out and made a deal for him to be in the 2012 show, mm-hmm. which I can't praise them enough for. Oh man. You know, like, like, like that, that takes work. I'm sure they, of course they have the fan financial backing of Viacom and they have all the money in the world, but it still takes the work to get it done. Yeah. And it's also, you know, I, I would imagine that, uh, since Stan wrote, uh, I believe the story for all three parts, or at least the first part. He, I think it was at least the, you're right. It, it, it was like the very, at least the first one. I you cannot know, remember if it was all three, but he sweetened that pot. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you want to write the first episode? Okay. It's like, hey, Stan, you ever written TV? Yeah. Yeah. So, so when I saw his name pop up on the screen, I, I was very pleased. I was like, oh, okay. So they did this right. This, yeah. this this wasn't just can we borrow your character for a few episodes? No, exactly. it, was, it was it was done right. Yeah, because he just he has final say on everything because he wants to make sure everything's represented correctly, done right. And you know the character himself um, comes from a lot of inspiration from uh, uh, classic samurai films like a like Akira Kurosawa, Yuji, Akira Kurosawa's Yojimbo, mm-hmm. which is where he got his name which is literally one of the greatest samurai films ever made. Um, it's had a huge influence on other films, including uh, Sergio Leone's uh, Man With No Name trilogy, uh, with, starring Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Even Influences even go to um, The Mandalorian. Um, so um, these three episodes, there is so much visual just deliciousness that is a just a, a feast for the senses yeah yeah um and it just all plays out like if you like me i'm a samurai film fan so like i i, I was like oh that's that's cool like that's a you know that's a cool long walking shot or the lighting and everything it was just it was beautiful to see just watch these episodes yeah yeah and and for clarification stan uh, sakai wrote the first of those three episodes okay I'm sure he had a hand in, you know, making the story, but he straight up wrote the first one. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because because when I when I told you, hey, Jeff, hey, read these books, uh, you don't necessarily have to watch the TV stuff. I'm just going to do it as a bonus so I can speak to it. After I watched those three episodes in in the Nickelodeon show, what did I do? You immediately told me, watch these episodes because they're they're done in a way to where they're basically they could be just one-off episodes Uh, yeah yeah at no point does it say it doesn't even establish what like what era of the television show it's in yeah because technically it's like the tales era yes yes the the last season of the the nickelodeon show is technically named tales of the teenage mutant ninja turtles which of course pulls its name from the the comic uh and 
most of this, the the tales in this this last season are like self-contained stories mm-hmm. that there is no overarching like plot in the last season. It is very much here's a bunch of one-offs, real most of them really weird and obscure stuff. Yeah. Like it's it's a really impressive season because it's it's the writers understanding it's the last season and getting all of their ideas out and doing whatever they want because what are they going to get canceled? Well, yeah, they're already canceled. So yeah, let's just do whatever. And that's a shame because it should have run for like ten plus seasons. They could or, or whatever they could have done so much. You know. They could have they could have but it's, you know stopping quitting while you're ahead has there's some value there. Yeah, you know, uh, and and we're not talking about that that season right now. We'll get to it. Trust me. And I'm going to love talking about it because those episodes are so fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But you're right. These three episodes, you can just lift these three out. And it be a short film. Oh, definitely. It, it'd be like it actually it would be feature length. It'd be just over an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the story that they're telling is it, it's OK. All right. All right. So I'm on record. I've said it on this podcast. I'm not a huge fan of Usagi Ojimbo as a character. Uh-huh. Never have been. I've always thought he was cool. The action figures are cool. I, the, the, the collaboration is cool, but the character just never clicked with me. And I think a lot of it had to do with the, his appearances in previous turtle media have been very turtle centric. Uh-huh. He was just kind of, you know, window dressing. These three episodes in the Nickelodeon show are finally Usagi being cool. Yeah, because he's leading the charge. He's leading the charge. The turtles are in his his domain. You get to see him in all of his glory. And finally, the character makes sense to me when watching these three. And the story, again, as I said, is not directly based on Shades of Green, but there's enough connective tissue there to, to for you to realize hey they're pulling from the source material yeah and that's the way it was for uh that that two-part uh season three uh 2k3 episode as well and what i love about it is it's just enough of a familiar you know familiar um dive from the comic uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a familiar segue from the comic to the the animated medium where it's still familiar but fresh. Right, right. It, 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 it felt like a proper movie adaptation of the crossover is what it felt like. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you don't watch any of the, the Nickelodeon show, like if you're just 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 strict i don't want to watch that nickelodeon crap whatever i don't agree with that but if that's who you are take time to check out episodes seven eight and nine of season 10 they're entitled yojimbo oso rishi no tabi i'm gonna say that and kagayake kintaro yeah they're they're fantastic they're absolutely fantastic i recommend everybody watch 2k12 because it's amazing (laughs) <laughs> and rise again not what this episode's about but don't care if, I'm, I'm, if you're that person who for some reason has drawn a, lo- a line in the sand and said nope we're not, i'm not watching this please just 
just take some time. Just just go watch it. It's, it's yeah, don't it, don't don't be closed minded. Just yeah. give it a chance. Give it a chance. Uh, that was in. Let's see. What year was that? That was 2016. No, 2017 is when those aired. Uh, that was the exact same year that IDW published their uh, one shot that was written and drawn by Stan Sakai again. And they published it. Uh, it. It was around the same time that they got the the rights to print uh, Usagi like back issues, and also uh, Stan brought the actual book over to IDW to for them to publish it. Mm-hmm. Of course, Stan still is still writing and drawing the book. He's still in control. IDW is just doing the the publishing now. Mm-hmm. And IDW was immediately said, hey, we have the Turtles, too. Do you want to work on that? And that's where we get the last or the most recent uh, crossover. Let me find the page on that. OK, for this for this one, I'm just going to read the solicit because the, the, <laughs> the synopsis is very, very long. But the solicit is the team and T are teleported to a world of talking animals, the world of Usagi Ujimbo. Uh, when the samurai rabbit embarks on a quest to save Japan uh, and the deadly Jai, Jay, Jay blocks his path. Uh, a turtle team up may be the only chance for survival. So in this, this story is clearly a sequel to Shades of Green. Mm-hmm. Because the turtles tr- trans, uh, they, they teleport to Usagi land. Uh, the same way they did in Shades of Green, it act, Jay is actually the antagonist of the 2012 or the you know the 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 episodes we were just talking about. So uh, 2017 was almost like a Usagi Ojimbo renaissance. Yeah, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of this this tale. It's fine. Um, what do you think? I enjoyed it. Um, especially with, you know, going into, you know, the animated, um, episodes, I was like, oh, that's the same dude that was in the, what I just read. I was like, he's a (laughs) bad mother. Like he was a really cool, bad guy. Um, and just, you know, the, the way that they, um, they portrayed him in, in, in those, uh, episodes was just, yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's I don't hate it. It's just it, it pales in comparison to Shades of Green, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Shades of Green is, is kind of the, the, the peak of this crossover mm-hmm. of all these crossovers for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after they published that in 2017, IDW immediately went on, you know, Im- it, they immediately went digging into the archives and they took all of these comic stories that that me and you have been talking about and they put it into a real nice hardback collection mm-hmm. like real nice it's got the you know it's got that front piece i was talking about earlier uh it's got all of them in chronological order uh, all of them uh, are still black and white so they did yeah they didn't even go in and, and recolor it which uh, mm, mwah, fantastic oh yeah uh, just it's it's almost treated like a Usagi Ojimbo 
Turtles crossover museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of just that collection? That was really cool. Um, it's nice to have all of that in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm always I'm also a fan of you know tracking down those individuals if, if you can, um, if you have the uh, the time and the money uh, to do so. Um, um, but it, again, you know, to be able to, and it makes it, it makes our job so much easier <laughs> when we're doing this to be able to <laughs> read everything in, in one concise, uh, collection. So I'm definitely a fan of, of collections, whether it be, you know, comics, games, movies, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then there's, uh, at the end, at the end of Namazu, which is this, the, the last story, it, it goes into a, a huge synopsis of like the story notes and the, the creative process of putting together the, the, the most recent crossover. It has a long cover gallery and a whole bunch of pinups. It's like a 200 page book. Yeah. And it, 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 if you're looking to get caught up on these characters, that's th- that book is the best way to do it. Mm. Um. But that's not the last piece of Usagi content that I want to talk about. Okay. I watched the entire Netflix show. Oh, wow. How many episodes was, was that? And it's 10 episodes. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, uh, t- t- 20 minutes a piece. Uh, clearly a children's show. Probably to its detriment. Uh, w- what I was expecting was a show that focused on the the character of Usagi, which in this case was not the same rabbit. He was a he's a descendant of the the rabbit in the in the in the comics, much like space Usagi, except he's not in space. Yeah. And what I got instead of, you know, what I expected, what I got was a story about a team of fighters who are trying to rid the world of yokai. And Usagi is just one of them. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't care for it. it I, I felt like it was billed as this big, finally, Usagi has a TV show. And yeah. then when, when, you, when you actually sit down and watch it, it doesn't feel like it. Well, it makes you wonder, like, how much meddling Netflix had. Because they're very controlling about things. And the thing is, I've heard they're not. Oh, no. Oh, no, they are. Well, that's definitely the case for, like, say, um, Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, They were developing a series with the original showrunners, and the showrunners left because of creative differences. Hmm. So they didn't want to work with them. Oh, and also uh, Jeff Smith's Bone. That was, like, a huge, that's a huge graphic novel. And was finally going to get animated, and then they canceled it. And well, that, that, that just sounds like 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 uh, pro, uh, like a programming cancel. Like we're just going to cancel this. It's not moving the direction we want to move. But oh man, when, it, was, when it comes to to, to content, like works. usually con- Netflix is notorious for just dropping a buttload of money on someone and saying make something. Yeah. And then walking away, and then they finally turn it in a year and a half later. They're like, oh, well, okay, I, I guess we have to public, we have to put this out because we paid for it. Yeah, and it just still, it's it still hurts because it was like a dream team assembled for that series. 
Yeah. Uh, th- th- this the show is 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 called Samurai Rabbit: The Usagi Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And the 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 character that you follow is Uchi. Yuchi Usagi? I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. They don't really say that very often. They just call him Usagi. Uh, and there is a Gen, you know, you know the, the the Rhino character. There is a Gen yeah. in, in the show. There's also a fox named Kitsune. Now, doesn't original Usagi show up? No. Like, kind of, but no. Because when I was looking at um at uh, Yuki Matsuzuki's uh, IMDb, he's the guy that voiced Usagi in the 2K12 series. He he's listed for Chronicles. Yeah, like all of the appearances of the original Usagi are are seen as kind of like flashbacks, and uh, we're. Almost like the new Usagi is operating in the shadow of his his ancestor. And Mm -hmm. like the subplot is we're going to change the narrative behind my ancestor because he his name has been dragged through the mud for centuries. Oh, yeah. So like you see flashes of, you know, of of the of of the old even the old art shows up, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I get I think I do remember him saying like maybe a line or two here and there. But it's it's not like he shows up and fights with them or anything. Mm. And uh, what, what what the thing is, what sucks so bad is it feels like a cheap family television show. Yeah. You know, like like one of those shows that isn't on Nickelodeon or isn't on the Disney Channel, like 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 a second tier or third tier kids program on some bunk cable channel that you've never heard of. Yeah. It feels like that. And there's a few things in here that I was like, that's dope. That's cool. But they're few and far between. And they spend so much time on these characters that don't matter. Mm. Like, I just don't care about any of these outside of Usagi and Gen. I don't care. Yeah. So it's it's but at the end of the day, I don't think I'm the audience for that show. Right. I like I'm lobbing these big giant critiques at it like it's breaking bad and it's a Netflix kids show. Like these are the kinds of show shows that you put on TV and just let run through the whole season in one day because your kid won't shut up. Yeah. You know, so. So, so maybe I'm just being hard on it. Yeah. I guess I guess watch it and come to your own conclusions. But yeah. Uh, what else do you have to say about Miyamoto Usagi, a.k.a. Usagi Ojimbo? I want him to show up in Shredder's Revenge. Oh, don't be that guy. Don't be I'm going to be that guy. No, they said there's no DLC coming, but, you know, hey, I want to see that because we got to play as him in. um uh, uh, TMNT was it uh, Rescue Palooza? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Fan well, game that was that was pretty cool. It, don't be that guy, Jeff. Don't don't be the guy who's like, oh man, I love your game. Here's 19 ways to make it better. Oh no, I don't say that. I'm just like, hey, 
you guys going to do thinking about doing DLC? And of course, he's like one of the most requested characters. Yeah, I, I just just don't be that guy. Like, yeah. I, there there are several characters I would probably rather see than him. I mean, I think he's got his own video game on Steam. Yeah, does he? Yeah. Let me pull up my Steam page. Way of the Ronin. What? How did I not know this? I just found it. Oh, man. I kind of wish I'd have played this. Yeah, me too. Okay, let me look at some gameplay here. What kind of game is this? The beat em up. <laughs> Your favorite. Ugh. Ugh. It's a beat em up. Come on, man. You could have done. Oh, the, the art looks good. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, I'm looking, I'm watching the trailer now. This, 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 this looks like a mess, man. Are you watching it? Yeah, it doesn't look that bad. Yeah. It looks a little janky, but. A little. Let's see, it was 2015, seven years ago. Yeah. You, you know what vibe I'm getting from it? And this might be a compliment. Flash uh, game? What's that? Flash game? <laughs> yes it, it 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 feels as if castle crashers was a flash game yeah that that's what i'm getting from this trailer that's five bucks it is yeah it is only five dollars like it's it i i told my mom i'll buy anything for five dollars i was a mobile port uh, there you go okay there, there that's you. that's why that's why uh yeah i told my mom that, like i'll buy anything for five dollars Bad game, sure. Five dollars movie, sure. Fine, I'll play five dollars. Five dollars is like is 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 my go to. If you can get something down to the price of five dollars, you you probably have my money. Yeah. So, oh, if it's, mobile port says a lot. That 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 says a lot. Yeah. But that's how you get your game made these days. Is make it make it mobile. Yeah. Um. So Jeff, apparently that, that that mobile game is not the only game based on Usagi Yojimbo. Oh really? Do tell. Yeah, like apparently there was a game in 1988 uh, from a Telecom Soft, which is the most generic sounding name. <laughs> Telecom yeah. Soft. That that actually sounds like the the name of like. A, a game publisher you would hear in a in a parody movie. Yeah. Uh and it was just a, a, like a side scroller. I don't want to call it a beat 'em up. Mhm. Cuz it's not really a beat 'em up. It's it's Something like a, a platform hand- adventure slash you know, there's definitely slashing. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't see any platforms though. I don't see any, despite him being a rabbit, I don't see them, I don't see any jumping. Oh, there's a little bit of jumping. He's jumping over, like, small, you know, chasms or whatever. Yeah, but m- most of it is just him walking to the left and having, like, one-on-one samurai battles with dudes on this path. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not much to write home about. It was on the Commodore 64, if mm-hmm. that tells you anything. Yeah, like his his animation, like he doesn't he looks more like like a like a weird faced guy instead of a rabbit. Like 
there's an icon of him in the top left, but if you look at his his character model, he looks like a weird faced dude, almost like Bert from <laughs> Sesame Street. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't look like it was a a, a fantastic time. Yeah. Um, but I never played a Commodore 64, so I can't really speak to. I have not either. How good the games on that platform are. Yeah. Uh, the the coolest thing about this playthrough is the little dinosaur guy Spot shows up. Yeah. Which is which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. I I don't I don't see myself enjoying this game at all. Yeah. But hey, but it's it's kind of cool for him to have a a game in 1988, which is what one year after he appeared in. No, this is a year before he appeared in the car- cartoon. Mm-hmm. So this is like before anyone knew who he was. Yeah. So that makes this a, a little bit cooler. Yeah. So, all right. You have to track down a copy of that. Oh, man. Here I go, eBay. No, I'm not doing that. Not this time. He'll he'll, he'll do it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I refuse. Oh, you say that about the uh, Cobra Kai figures, but... I Here don't think are. I ever refused to buy those. You're like, I'm not buying that. I, was like, I don't eh, I, I don't think I ever said that. If you guys remember, uh, right <laughs> if you Kara, can find the episode where I put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Care of Shellheads, P.O. Box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, someone's going to find it. Like we've having I know we have multiple fans that have listened to episodes multiple times. They 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 might find it where I was like, I'm not buying that. Yeah. Uh, but okay. Well, I guess that's that's Usagi in video games. Yeah. Hopefully we get more. That would be cool. Hmm. What else you got? Um that's pretty much it. <laughs> I've never thought about this, but until like today. But the fact that he has his ears pulled back in a ponytail. Seems very, very painful. I mean, you would think, but, you know, if it's not being, you know, pulled at, I don't know. Yeah, it, like, just imagine your ears being pulled back and put in a ponytail. I mean, they're not that long. I know. Still, like, if you had long, floppy ears, they still, I still, I feel like it would hurt. Yeah. Maybe that's just, maybe, maybe I'm projecting. Maybe. But I think that'll do it. Uh, that's that's all the it's all the Usagi stuff I've got. Yeah, I was like, if you would like to know more about Usagi Ujimbo, uh, you could seek out uh, the trade paperbacks. And there's a lot of them. Yeah, this has been running since 1984. Mm-hmm. So there's like 160 something issues. Oh, that's it. It doesn't seem like a lot, but, you know, um, uh, well, uh, 165 or 219 overall. Okay. So that's like, that's a reasonably digestible amount of, of, uh, books. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, look, let's see if there's, looks like there's. I, this this may be out of date, but uh, t- about 28 different trade paperbacks, a space a space Usagi trade, then some uh, some other stuff. Okay. There's some um, 
there should be some omnibus collections that that's probably yeah and and knowing uh knowing idw half the reason they signed stan sakai and uh usagi ojimbo is to reprint stuff oh yeah they love doing reprints oh yeah so uh, there's probably some fresh collections out there you can buy and you know it's funny that you mentioned that it's the origin collection which came out in 2021 Mm, see see yeah color classics um and if it's least... co- if it's color classics and that's that's likely something that's been recolored yeah yeah okay well that'll do it for for the samurai rabbit himself yeah. um i guess that that brings us to what what are we talking about next time jeff oh well i, I know you know the answer this time i do we will be fully covering all of shredder's revenge that is correct. That is correct. We had to get this out of the way because we can't have Shredder's Revenge sitting on episode 90. No. We just we just can't. So I don't know if that's going to be in one week or in two weeks. Uh, hopefully it's in two, but that kind of messes with my schedule. So we'll see. We'll see. It might be in three weeks. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because we got uh, Comic-Con coming up. We do have Comic-Con coming up. So uh, assuming I'm able to, to capture the uh the uh panel that we're gonna do that you might see that on the feed in 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 that time but the next time that there is a canonical episode of shellheads it will be about shredder's revenge yes so uh, pick that up if you if you if you want to play it and and you know play along with us pick it up it's available now on every platform available uh jeff it, where are you going to be sitting and playing a whole bunch of Shredder's Revenge? I'll be at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Brenda, Mississippi's premier arcade, uh, where we have a nice selection of uh, modern and retro games uh, to enjoy. Um, uh, we also host S- Super Smash Brothers tournaments uh, on Saturday nights uh, with MS Smash, uh, Mississippi's uh, biggest Smash community. Um also do uh, birthday parties, tournaments, uh, or the tournaments, all kinds of other stuff. Uh, game showcases, uh, retro game restoration, cleaning, all that stuff, and more. Uh, so come, uh, come out and game with us. Well, we'd love to. Uh, we'd love to have you. Um, and where can we find you, Sergio? Before I get into that, I have a question. How? What do your Smash friends say about the the Nickelodeon brawler? Um. They thought it was pretty interesting at first, but I think that's kind of worn off. I haven't really heard them talk too much about it um, lately, uh, but that might change. I might give them a give them an ask and see uh, what they think of the updated stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can find me on Reality Breach, like always. Uh, the reboot is in full swing. Uh, we have... Uh, we're now broadcasting the reality breached up live to Twitch. Uh, it also lives on YouTube and, uh, we have a brand new podcast feed starting from scratch, uh, that has content on it pretty much weekly. So check that out. You can find us on every major podcast platform. Uh, and as I said, Twitch and, or YouTube, whatever is your preferred way to watch idiots talk into microphones, which Trust me, we are idiots, and I think we wear it proudly. 
Yeah. I know I do. Mm. Uh, so check that out. It's available everywhere. I, that does it for episode 90, Jeff. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a blast. Uh, <laughs> tune in next time. I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads. miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast, visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.